Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hey everyone, this is Tracy Rubin. Welcome back to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. It's officially week six, so I've been doing this podcast now for almost two months, which I'm proud of. It's exciting. It's an exciting opportunity um, for me to, you know, talk about whatever's on my mind. And I think it gives me an opportunity also to interact with all of you. I I really invite you to reach out if there's something that you want to talk about specifically or hear me talk about specifically. And actually, it leads me into the point of this week's podcast. But before I go into it, I want to give you a quick update on how I'm doing with my commitments to an improved or achieving a better work-life balance. And on last week's podcast episode, I said that I would be waking up at 5 a.m. every day. I really meant Monday to Friday, which I clarified on Instagram. Um, But waking up every day at 5 a.m., getting myself ready to go for the day, kind of giving back to myself, creating a routine, having that pseudo commute, if you will. And I am here to tell you that I did just that. So I'm recording right now while I'm still in that week where I've committed to making those changes to achieve a better work-life balance. And I actually, I have to say, like waking up at five, which I used to do regularly, feels so good again. Like I I feel actually more well-rested, which could be because I'm going to sleep a little bit earlier. I'm giving myself time to do anything and everything that's not work-related for like four hours before I even touch work. And so it's just a really nice improvement so far. So I'm looking forward to keeping it up and I will continue to check back in and keep you guys updated. I hope that we all can, as a little community, hold each other accountable to these things so we can have better just experiences, especially while we're mostly, I would imagine most of us are working remotely. If you're not working remotely, all the more reason to establish a really good routine because it's not easy to be working in this environment or this climate right now. And so taking space for yourself, I think is still super critical. So to get into today's topic, I've had a lot of outreach around this topic for weeks now, pretty much since the beginning of the podcast, and I've touched on it a little bit here and there, but I figured why not dedicate a full episode to this, and it's probably going to result in my bringing on a guest in a future episode to really dive into some actionable tips and tricks, but um, I wanted to talk about breaking into HR, and I've engaged with some of you over DMs on LinkedIn Messenger, and I've been able to give you some of my advice and thoughts individually, but I know that there are so many people who don't reach out. And so hopefully if you're listening, this will help you if you are considering a career in HR. I strongly recommend a career in HR if you like the following things, people, business, strategy, having an impact on people. So great. You like those things. Check, right? However, you have to also know what you don't like because HR definitely will challenge you 
if you don't like the following things. Being resourceful and solutions-oriented, feeling comfortable wearing many different hats, and being extremely agile, not only day-to-day and week-to-week, but also minute-to-minute. Things change constantly, and so that agility and adaptability is really, really important. You have to also have an appetite for some of the administration piece. I mean, even in my current role as a director, there's so much admin work still, and we have an admin. So you have to be comfortable with systems and operations. And I recognize that a lot of just roles and jobs call on all of these things. But I think the biggest thing is that if you don't like people, And if you don't like helping people, find a different career. If you didn't want to uh, hear the truth today, I'm sorry you got it. But that is the truth. If you don't like people and you don't like helping people, then this is the, the sign you've been waiting for that you should not pursue a career in HR. Certainly, there are parts of HR that have less and less to do with people like, you know, some of the admin stuff, you, you could be doing a lot of manual entry and things like that. However, once you are a part of an HR team, people will see you as a resource. And so if you want to be an individual contributor in the sense that you have no impact or no involvement with the human element, don't come into this career. In the first episode, right, I talked to you guys about how my undying focus and goal is to destigmatize HR. And that's because there are people in HR who shouldn't be in HR, who have stigmatized the career, who don't care about people and don't want to help people. And so if you are not being honest with yourself, maybe you think you like people, maybe you think you want to help people, but every time someone reaches out for help or support and you get irritated or you can't find the the motivation behind that, you at least should not be in a business partner role. Maybe there's an element of HR that you could get into. Like maybe you really, really like to do manual work and enter in data. Like maybe it's HR analytics. That could be totally possible. But again, I really think, and I don't know, maybe I'm completely spoiled by the job that I'm currently in and the company that I work for, but I think that if you don't like people or you don't have an appetite for helping them, that it's just not going to work out. And actually, I think that's the case for management too. I don't know what jobs are out there where you don't have to work with people. Maybe it's like software development, engineering, maybe. I don't know. Are there jobs out there that don't deal with people? Hey, Maybe not. If there aren't, then you better figure out a way to like people. That's all I have to say. But it's a fundamental part of this role. HR is a super, super broad field. It's kind of like saying retail, right? Like retail could mean anything. Retail is literally any consumer product, consumer brand, company. That's what retail is, right? The ability for someone to purchase what a company is selling. And so it's kind of the same with HR. Like, what is HR? You can find HR anywhere. In education, it's personnel. In retail, it's HR. In tech, it's people operations. In medicine, it's HR too. Like, they're basically, it's all in one and the same, and yet everything is completely different. So step one, find the industry that you feel you're best suited for. And this can change over time. 
When I graduated college, my mom was like, this is your first job. It's not your last job. And that is really good advice because I think if anyone can relate to the experience that I had when I was in college, I felt an incredible amount of pressure, not only to get a job, but also almost like thinking in my mind that it was like the end all be all. And it's not. This year has been really challenging, I'm sure, for recent graduates because they maybe have secured or had secured their first job and then, you know, the pandemic hit and they either lost their jobs or they were furloughed or, you know, something potentially threw a real wrench into their plan. And I couldn't imagine knowing the amount of pressure that I put on myself when I had my first job, which was Target, out of college. And I didn't like think past that. I almost, and I don't know why, I don't know if I just thought that you go to a job and you stay there for 30 years because people who work at Johnson and Johnson do that. Like I, I, I think that that was my mentality. Now, I mean, studies have shown that millennials are more likely to jump around between jobs within a year or two years of tenure in an organization. I wonder how the pandemic will change that. Um, people might see that now there's a bit more added value if you spend a longer time with the company. I personally, I mean, now I've, I've almost four years in my current company. I spent almost four years at Target. I haven't had an experience where I spent less than four years at this point with an organization, but I know that it's real. It's a real thing. And recruiters have actually had to change the way that they look at candidates knowing that millennials are much more likely to jump around and that that's not necessarily a reflection of their willingness to be loyal or their loyalty, I should say, to a brand. So anyway, I digress. First thing is really, again, figure out the industry. For me, I had an experience in retail, so I knew I liked it. Um, When I was in college and in high school, I had a lot of leadership experience And I knew that anything in business or management would really interest me because it's very similar, of course, to a leadership experience. You don't necessarily need to have all like all of those years of experience in order to even figure out what you like or dislike. If you are considering um, a career in HR, first start with like the industry. It helps narrow it down. And I think it's a lot easier than just looking for entry level roles across all industries because there actually are a lot, but it's really overwhelming. And I don't know that it's necessarily time well spent to apply to every single entry level job. If you don't have HR experience just because it's a job. Okay. So now you've narrowed down the industry. Maybe you have a select three industries that you would really be interested in working in. Now you should really think about, okay, what area of HR interests me most? So maybe it's payroll, maybe it's benefits, maybe it's compensation, analytics, people or business partnering, administration, recruiting. So when you take a look at all of those different facets of HR, and certainly there are more and there are subsets and we can go on and on, think about what it is that you like and what you don't like. So for example, recruiting requires a lot of talking, a lot of patience, a lot of listening. If you don't really like to meet tons and tons of people that are going to be really good candidates, really bad candidates, and everything in between, maybe you don't even appreciate so much speaking on the phone or FaceTiming. 
it's probably not going to be the right facet of HR for you. Conversely, if you really like numbers and you like strategy and analytics, payroll, benefits, compensation, analytics, those things actually really might interest you. Payroll, I have met people who love payroll and I have met people who hate payroll. And actually, I am one of those naysayers of payroll. I knew after having my experience at Target where I was a generalist, really, like an HR manager, HR generalist, I had that payroll experience and I knew that it did not motivate me. And so for me, I was like, okay, I know I'm not going to do that. But I also knew that I loved interacting with people. I loved connecting with employees, helping them solve their problems, you know, applying different strategies on the people and operation side of things. So it was very easy for me to realize that being a business partner or, you know, being like a head of HR one day would be what I really wanted to go after. So kind of like think about what it is that your strengths are, what are your opportunities, what don't you like, what motivates you, that certainly should help. And then, so now you have your industries, you have your likes and dislikes, now you can get to applying to jobs. How do you do that? First is reach out to your networks. I'm sure you've heard this a million times over. It's all about who you know, right? Like we hear that probably from a very young age. Um, And it's really true, like there's no denying it that people and those connections and who you know really matter. Um, And it might not necessarily mean that you get the job because of who you know, but it certainly can mean that you avoid the paper pushing and bureaucratic process of job application. Referrals, for example, if you have someone who works at a company that you really want to work for or that has a job posted that you're really interested in, Reach out to someone that you know. Maybe you spoke with them 10 years ago. Maybe you spoke with them two days ago. Reach out and say, hey, do you have an internal referral process? Because this is the job I'm really interested in. Can you refer me? I would love and really appreciate an opportunity at this you know, organization. If you're not that close with the person you're reaching out to, one of the ways that I would suggest reaching out if you don't really know the person, but you're familiar with whom they are or Maybe it's a friend connecting you to one of their friends. Have an authentic and real conversation first. You know, reach out, say, hey, do you, can we grab a coffee in a non-COVID world? Maybe stay safe. Um, can we FaceTime? I'd love to pick your brain on your experience. That is a really, really great way of building a network, but also not just saying, hey, I'm hitting you up because I want a referral. Okay, thanks, bye. This is an opportunity for you to actually like, Build a network or a connection on your own through the connection that you have or previously had with this person. Um, And it makes them feel good, right? Appeal to them, be strategic, be authentic, but also use that as a way to ultimately get what you want. So now you have some of those tools in your tool belt, right? Like picking out the industry, picking out the likes and dislikes or the things that you really want for a career. And then the third is leveraging your network. But the fourth is that your resume needs to reflect the skill set that the role requires. If you're applying to a recruiting position, you need to be able to reflect on your resume that you have some kind of skill set or experience with interpersonal communication, communication skills in general, 
um, how you bring people together, how you keep networks and connections alive. If you're in a sorority or a fraternity, that's networking, right? So highlight that. Really focus on the skill set because if you have even one year of establishing or generating, maintaining a skill set that can be applicable or transferable to the job that you're applying to, knowing how to talk to it is really important. Okay, so let's take it way back. Let's say I'm back in college. I went to Binghamton University in New York and I had internships every summer and usually during the winter also. And those internships, I didn't necessarily have as much a strategy for. I thought I was going to go into some sort of government work or environmental work. Like I studied English and I got a minor in environmental science. So clearly like that's not HR, that's not business, right? But I ultimately was able to translate my skill set from what I gathered as a student and in my education and basically transfer that into a, a, a career with Target in management. Like, how do you do that, right? You do it in talking about your skill set, making sure your resume reflects the experience that you have had that's relevant to the job that you're applying to. When I was a senior in college, I went to a job fair that was on campus and historically the the vendors or the recruiters who were at the college fair were really looking for like finance and accounting students, engineering students, pre-law, poli-sci. And so it could have easily deterred me from going, but I was like, eh, there could be someone interesting there. Let me go. And I went and certainly there was someone interesting there and her name is Target. And they were speaking to me about my leadership experience I'm in a sorority, so I was I held a few um, chair positions and leadership positions in that sorority. I was an RA. I was a tour guide. Like I was very involved, and I was a student leader on campus. And so I was able to take all of that experience and translate it into what ended up becoming my first real out of school manager experience. And I had an interview the next week, the following week the following week. And then I think I went through like maybe six or seven interviews. And then by Halloween of my senior year, I had a job lined up. It was the best Halloween weekend probably of my life. I won't go into too much detail because this is an HR podcast, not a party podcast, but nevertheless, it was a really wonderful way to feel secure and stable. And it doesn't always happen that way. I get that. My point is really that I didn't have manager experience. I had leadership experience. I had experience running events, bringing people together, networking. I had all of those transferable skill sets from my RA job on campus where I was managing people in a different way, but also in a way that translates for the role that I was applying to. So if your resume doesn't currently speak to the job that you want and it only speaks to the job that you have, you are missing opportunities. So take this as a piece of advice that you should go into your resume, get yourself prepared for interviews with your resume, with your stories, getting everything going so that you can really talk about what it is that you are able to do or what you will be able to do based on the experiences that you have 
you know, retained and, and achieved over the course of however many years that you've either been a student or in the career that you might currently be in. And so if you are not a student and you're looking to make a switch into the HR industry, it's really all kind of the same advice in that your resume should reflect the job that you want or the job that you're applying for and not the job that you're currently in. The key there is that, of course, your resume is going to say all of the things that you currently do, but you have to frame it in a way that doesn't necessarily speak to the past or the present, but speaks to the future. So if you're in a current role or a current industry that is an HR and you want to kind of get into or break into the industry, take a look at your resume first, take a look at your networks. It's all of the same messaging, right? All of the same advice that I have for you as I do for a recent graduate or a current student. Think about how you can interview and get those stories out. So if someone asks you, well, why do you want to make the switch from X to HR? You have to be able to really speak to the whys and also talk about the challenges that you know will be there. So one of the questions that I usually ask people on interviews is, what is an opportunity that you have that we need to be aware of so we can support you in your first like 30, 60, 90 days, for example? Or maybe even a little bit different, what is it that you are going to struggle with that we need to be aware of? And it's a question that can throw some people off, but really what I'm looking for is an awareness of the challenge of the role and transparency into opportunities. Just stop with the, my biggest opportunity is that I care too much. That's not an opportunity. That's a strength. Like, let's be real here. Get yourself prepared for a real interview and a real window or providing a real window into your interests. And I think that it's all in that authenticity and the transparency and awareness that can make the interview just be that much better. Obviously, there's a lot to break down there and I am going to, I know I keep promising this, but I'm going to spend time on an episode talking about interview skills and how you can best set yourself up for that change in industry. But it really, it it all comes back to that. For those of you who are already in your careers, switching into HR is the hardest thing um, for you. It's going to be hardest for those of you who are already in your careers. It's not going to be as hard for someone who doesn't have experience. And it's because when when you get into HR and you finally break in, you are starting from the ground up. And while, yes, I've been talking about transferable skill sets, that's definitely going to help you. But HR has its own acumen, industry-specific verbiage and knowledge and things that can make it more challenging for someone who has not had their career in HR and isn't just starting out. So I caution you there. However, I think the most important thing for someone who's already in their career is to leverage the networks first. Anyone you know at any company is going to be a better way for you to break into the role. They're going to be your best bet. My other piece of advice is that you talk to your current manager and your current HR partner and express your interest. It's one of the best things that you can do. And actually, I think it's a lot easier to break into HR in the company or for the company that you're currently at because they know who you are, they know how you perform, and there's no risk. 
or there's less risk. When you apply for an external opportunity, not only are they taking a risk in not knowing what your performance is like and how you work, they're also taking a risk because you don't know the industry and you don't know the role. My suggestion will always be break into HR at the current company or the current organization that you're with and then make a move. I hope that those pieces of advice were helpful for you. I know that 30 minutes is not enough to really like break down every single thing that can be helpful or every single thing that you should keep in mind. But I'm I'm always here for outreach. If you guys have any questions or you want to dig in a little bit more on any of the points that I have drawn out on this week's episode, you also can actually email me. I, I set up an email. It's podcast at hrtracy.com. So if you have a lengthier question or something that you'd really like to dive into, um, whether it's on this topic or another topic, please shoot me an email and I'm happy to engage in a lengthier conversation. So in the coming weeks, I am going to have probably one or two guests on. I'm still working on it. Um, If there's someone in this HR space or business space or maybe a completely different industry that you'd really like to hear from, please let me know whether it's through that email, like I said, podcast at hrtracy.com or through my social networks. Please let me know. Um, I'm excited about the people that I'll be interviewing this coming week. I don't know when the podcasts will launch with their um, interviews, but I know that the conversations are going to be really exciting and kind of touch on some of these things that we talked about today and previous on previous episodes. So nevertheless, I thought I would share a story that I think is really sweet. When I traveled to Japan with one of my friends back in 2016, first of all, it's the most amazing, beautiful, incredible country. So if you get the chance once this pandemic is over and it's safe to travel again, you really should make make moves. Get to Japan. It's incredible. Um, but when we were there... We went to a like a an American style diner. So it was basically like American food, but it was Japanese. And it was called Bill's. And I think it was in Harajuku. And when we were sitting there and we were eating breakfast, I saw these two young women who were um, taking like I guess like a selfie or a picture with their phones and they had this incredible like attachment on the front facing camera or no I'm sorry the back facing camera and I used Google Translate to say and I think I even said to my friend like oh my gosh that's so cool they're basically able to use a fisheye lens on their phone for their pictures and I used Google Translate to tell them that I really liked their phone camera and it sparked a friendship and actually they traveled to New York and we all stayed in touch and we went to Chelsea Market and we showed them around there and we got pizza and they did not speak English and we did not speak Japanese and I don't know if anyone from Google is listening, give us a commercial. It was such an incredible experience to connect with them without speaking their language and without them speaking ours through Google Translate just to have like a a little chat. We ended up taking a picture and yeah, like I said, they came to New York and we all got together and we still speak to this day. I actually recently, I think it was probably over the summer, 
um, had like a little FaceTime with one of our friends that we met during that whole experience. I call her my pen pal and she learned English and it was actually really easy to speak with her. Um, and I share this because she reached out to me on Instagram, which we, we are connected on, on Instagram already, like on my personal account, but she also follows my HR Tracy Instagram and I followed her back, which I did for pretty much everyone because I realized I actually have to follow someone in order to see if they tag me in a story, if they're private. So I pretty much followed everybody that followed me. But she messaged me on Instagram and she said, I'm so excited that you followed me from this Instagram account. I listen every week. And actually, I know that she listens because I see in the metrics for every episode, like the location, and I see Japan. And actually, there are like three or four listeners in Japan, which is really cool. And I just thought it was a, an exciting way to share that the, the world is so much smaller than we realize. And she learned how to speak English and she's still learning and she has hopefully learned some new words and idioms, but she listens every week and it just warmed my heart to see her message and know that I'm reaching her on a topic that might not even like matter so much, even though she has her own embroidery business and that's super cool. Um, but it was just an exciting story that I thought I'd share and hopefully also warms your heart. So Rin, I hope that we can all see each other soon. As always, I remind you to please rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already, wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can send me an email at podcast at hrtracy.com. You can follow me on Instagram at hrtracy. Of course, that's Tracy with an I. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn or you can go to my website and do all of that without even having, having to think about it by going to hrtracy.com. Thank you so much. Speak to you next week.